Okay. It happened when I, Daniel, had seen the vision and was seeking the meaning that suddenly there stood before me one having the appearance of a man, and I heard a man's voice between the banks of the, of the Uli, that's a river, and that voice called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. Daniel is relating a vision that he had just had, and he's still in the vision, and God tells Gabriel to talk to him about it. So he, Gabriel, came near where I stood, and when he came, I was afraid, and I fell on my face. But he said to me, understand, son of man, that the vision refers to the time of the end. Now, as he was speaking with me, this translation, New King James says, I was in a deep sleep with my face to the ground, but he touched me and stood me upright. All right, so uh, just keep that, uh, your finger there, and we're going to get into that here in a minute, just kind of a way of introduction. We as a church have been praying for a move of God among us as a people. As a result of our prayers, we're seeing the Lord moving in our midst. A consequence of that is we're seeing more and more the visible manifestation of His power becoming evident as He touches His people. Amen? Any of y'all mechanically inclined? Uh, can one of y'all just take it upon yourself that sometime this week we need to tighten this up? All right, anybody here? Are you willing? All right, thank you. All right, so the Bible says in Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen, "All Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you." Hebrews four and twelve. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. First. Corinthians 4 and 20, for the kingdom of God is not in word, some translation says word only, but in power. Romans 1, 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to the salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So what we should glean from these scriptures is that God is omnipotent, and that means he is all-powerful. His word is power. It is that word, when spoken, that brought all of creation into existence. Genesis 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face. Ooh, I feel the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And here's the most important thing and the, the miraculous thing about it. He said, let there be light. And there was light. Why? Because there's power in his spoken word. Amen? John 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Who? The Word. And the word, and without him nothing was made that was made. Colossians 1 and 16. For by him, who? The word. All things were created that are in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. God is power. He's not just powerful. He is power. And, and that power 
is difficult and in reality impossible for mortal, unredeemed man to handle in its fullness. Listen to what I'm saying. Okay, so we have, I just told you about an air conditioner, right? So uh, I think if you have one, uh, Curtis is the electrician, so he'll, he'll either say yes or he'll say, i got to talk to you about that later. Uh, <laughs> so if you have one leg of electricity, you have like 110 volts, right? If you have two legs, you have 300 and, I mean 220 volts. If you have three le legs, you have 360 volts, correct? No, what is it? 480, okay? So there's 480 volts. So basically what happens is these, uh, uh, whatever it is that you have going on, some of them are designed to handle 110, some of them are designed to handle 220, and some of them are designed to handle 480, okay? So uh, there was a, a, an air-conditioned guy many, many years ago working on this back thing over here, and it was 480, and his, I think his screwdriver actually touched now, if you touch a 110, I mean, it'll, it'll shock you a little bit. I mean, it still can be dangerous. But he touched this 480, and it went, pow! Man, I jumped out of my shoes. I mean, it, it's, it scared me because it is power. Now, you might be able to touch a 110 and survive. You might be even able to touch a 220 and survive. I'm not saying you couldn't do that with a 480, but your chances of surviving a 480 touch are a lot less than a 220 or a 110, right? Now, I know some people will say, no, it doesn't really work that way. Well, fine, you're not talking this morning. Let me use my own illustrations, all right? I want you to know that God is much greater than 480, right? And if we were to get all of God, we couldn't handle it. Just couldn't handle it, right? It's impossible for man, much less mortal man, unredeemed man, to handle all of God. Just can't do it. In Exodus 33, 18 through 23, there was a man who was standing in the presence of God, and he wanted more of that. And he said, Moses said, please show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me or can see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock, and so it shall be while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and will cover you with my hand while I pass by, and then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. In other words, you can't handle all of me. Right? So I'm going to answer your prayer, but I'm going to do it in such a way where uh, uh, you, it, it's, it's not going to kill you. Right? Have I been talking that long? Kids are already coming back. Wow. <laughs> wow, did I just get transported? Did I get translated? Did I go in a time warp? What, hap what happened? Uh, did I talk that long already? Oh, it's short. Okay. All right. Okay, let's. So anyway, um, but as we pray for God to come closer, God does come closer. Amen. 
And when we are coming closer to that power, when we are touched with and we are touched by that power, it does strange things to us as people, right? Again, if we were to line everybody up in a row and we were to uh, have everybody put their, don't ever do this. I was going to try to get to this before the kids got here because they might, don't let them do this, all right? If we were all to put our fingers in a 110 socket, we're all going to react differently, right? Some of us will go, woo-hoo-hoo. Some of us will, I've, I've touched it before, and I just stood there kind of shaking a little bit. Other people will shout. Other people will fall down. Other, there's all different types of reaction to power, right? Even though we can't see the power in that wire, we will all feel it. And when we come into contact with, with it, we will all react to its effects, albeit we might all react to it in different ways. The Bible says that God is spirit. John 4.24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. As we've already seen above, God himself tells Moses, you cannot see my face for no man shall see me and live. So what we conclude biblically is that we can't see God because he is spirit. And because, uh, because he is spirit, he's also beyond our ability to grasp, but it doesn't mean that we can't experience God. When God's presence becomes more tangible, when God's presence comes closer, we too, like with the unseen power of electricity, will experience the reality of his presence and his power. Because of his presence and as a consequence of his power, we also, as his children, will find that we will react in different ways physically in our bodies. Now remember, I started out by telling you this, this is not about this. It's about the power. But people get confused when they see people doing different things. They don't understand what's happening. What's happening is people are reacting to the touch of power in their life. Some people get a little less power. Some people get a little more power. Some people react differently to that power. But what's happening is the power of God is being released. They're experiencing the power of God, the touch of God's power on their life. And God is doing something in them, but their body reacts differently. Am I making sense to you? So in our text, we see that happening to Daniel as he is seeing a vision of the heavenly realm and hearing the voice of the Lord. Daniel 8 and 18, and this is the New Living Translation, same text but a different translation. While he, God, uh, Gabriel, was speaking, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground, but Gabriel roused me with a touch and helped me to my feet. So what happens when the presence of God came and the Lord began to speak, it so overwhelmed him, the power of God's word of his voice so overwhelmed him, he fainted. Some other places say, fell into a deep sleep. So this kind of indicates a loss of consciousness, but not necessarily what would be considered normal sleep. The verb used refers rather to an unusual supernatural state of unconsciousness. The word translated as deep sleep comes from the Hebrew word redam, which can mean more than just to sleep deeply. Interestingly enough, it's the same root used of Adam in the creation story where the Bible says God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. This word, this same word, can also mean to be dazed, stunned, to fall down astounded, or to lie stupefied. 
I prefer that word. What's happening to them? They are lying, stupefied. Are y'all here? Anybody? That was funny. <laughs> right? They are lying, stupefied. The NRSV translate the word, translates the word as they fell into a trance. The word trance is also used in the NEB and the REB translations. In the book of Exodus, God's presence showed up among the people in the form of a cloud. Exodus 40, 34 through 35. The cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. We're talking about the visible manifestation of the presence of God. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Now you might think, well, he just didn't want to walk into the cloud. Well, I tend to think it's a little bit more than that. I tend to think that physically he could not walk into the cloud because there was so much power being manifested. And can you prove that? Well, let's see. The Bible says that Moses was unable to enter the tent of meeting because of that cloud. His presence, I believe, kept him from physically being able to do the work of ministry. This is not the only time we see this happening. In 2 Chronicles 5, 13 through 14, when uh, the, uh, the Levites and the priests were sacrificing thousands of sacrifices before the Lord because they had just rededicated the temple. It says, Indeed it came to pass when the trumpeteers and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good and his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Now, there's another uh, uh, um, uh, parallel text that talks about the same experience, but it says it in a different way. In 1 Kings 8, 10 through 11, it says, When the priest came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priest, it doesn't say could not continue ministering, it says could not stand to minister. Now that can mean several things to us. Man, I'm tired of ministry. I can't stand to minister anymore. It could mean that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably say it doesn't really mean that. What it means here is they could not stand in their position, in their place, to minister because of the cloud. It was so strong, they couldn't do what God called them to do. For the glory of the Lord, the power of God, the presence of God, the manifestation of God's presence and God is power fill the house of the Lord. So here we see that the presence of God in the house of the Lord prevented the priest from physically being able to stand in the house of the Lord. And as a result, they could not minister in the house of God because of God's presence. It would not be a stretch, I believe, to say that this would clarify why Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle as well because the glory of the Lord had filled that tabernacle. In the book of Ezekiel, God appears to Ezekiel in a vision. 
When the vision takes place and Ezekiel is caught up in that vision, Ezekiel also reacts physically to the presence of the Lord. In Ezekiel 1, 28 through chapter 2, verse 2, it says, Like the appearance of a rainbow and a cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. He's talking about the throne of God that he saw in a vision. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And so when I saw it, what did he do? I fell on my face, and I heard a voice of one speaking. Now, unless you think that he fell on his face simply out of reverence, although that's a good thing to do, I think the text will clarify it was a little bit more than that. And he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak to you. And then the Spirit of God entered into me when he spoke to me and set me on my feet, and I heard him who spoke to me. So the context suggests he couldn't do it. The presence of God, the glory of God was so overwhelming that he didn't just fall down in reverence. He fell down because the power was so strong. And when the Lord said, stand on your feet, the Spirit of God had to stand him up in the presence of God to do what God was telling him to do. So, I want to remind you that this was a physical reaction that caused him to fall on the ground in what, what we might liken to being in a trance. We often use terms today like they fell before the Lord or they were slain in the spirit. Who was slain? Call the police. No, not that kind of slain, right? They experienced the power of God and now they are lying stupefied. (laughs) I'm sorry, I got a hold of that and I'm not letting that one go. Bobby, what's happening over there? I think they're lying stupefied. Now, what happens is that when people come forward for prayer, at least that's the way it's been happening. That doesn't mean that's the way it will always happen because it just might mean God decides to show up and we might find that you can't get up. We might find that uh, we have to start a pillow ministry because people are falling out and lying down. And I'm not saying this is going to happen. In no way am I trying to get this to happen. I'm not saying that at all. This is not what I want uh, in the sense that this isn't the purpose of why I'm teaching this. What I'm trying to teach you is why sometimes this happens. We, it might not happen. It might happen. But, uh, but I'm not trying to tell you this is what's going to happen because God's going to do whatever he wants. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to alleviate sometimes the natural tendency to run away from something that just might be God. We just don't know it's God. And again, it's not about the physical reaction. It's about what God is doing in the life of a person. The power of God that is saving, healing, delivering, setting them free, but oftentimes their physical flesh cannot handle the power, and so they just go out. Am I making sense to you? Okay? So that doesn't mean it's the way it will always happen. It's just we've been experiencing that, that, it, that way. And, you know, for a long time the church kind of just kind of knew that. But we're getting new people in church that haven't been a part of, uh, of the church before. They haven't been a part of a Pentecostal church before. And so some of this is kind of new. And, and you just have not had that experience. And nobody's, so we're trying to teach you that this is not abnormal. It's actually found in the Bible. And again, there's lots of other things that are found in the Bible that would be surprised 
surprising to you, but I'm not going to talk about all those today because this was one particular that came up, but I could talk about how people, when they were in the presence of the Lord, they began to tremble. They began to shake because the presence of God was so strong in their life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But I'm not talking about that today, but you can keep that over there in, in some part of your, your, your mind to realize that that is also in the Bible. So anyway, that doesn't mean it's the way it always will happen. Uh, they'll ex- that what's happening is they're experiencing the power of the presence of God, and it overwhelms their bodies. And many of those people who are experiencing that, like Ezekiel, they just fall before the Lord's power. That's why oftentimes, uh, and we should have almost all the time, people behind them when we're praying for them. Now, if it's God, you know, people would say if it's God, then uh, it doesn't matter if they're going to be okay. But, you know, we still have liability issues and all these kind of things. So I think it's important and, 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 and also uh, a good uh, form to have people behind to catch. Right? And by the way, some of you guys, if you ever called to catch, if somebody does happen to fall out and they're a lady, you have to be careful how you catch. Okay? And so we want to teach you how to catch. You don't want to, teach in, you don't want to catch in such a way that instead of it becoming a good experience, it becomes a bad experience for the, for the woman that's being caught. All right? And we also have to be careful because we've had experiences before where we had uh, in a culture where uh, food is so prevalent, sometimes people don't know how to stop. And so what happens is they, they get uh, large. And how do you catch large people? Well, I've learned from that. We're going to have them sit in a chair and then pray for them. All right? We're not being mean. We're just saying we're going to be wise in how we do things, right? Because one of the things that I expect to happen is that people's flesh are going to have a hard time dealing with the power of God in their life, and some people will react by falling down. So we need to accommodate that. We need to have an expectancy, and we need to be careful about how we do that because God's going to do what he's going to do, right? And we don't want him to stop doing what he's going to be doing, and so we want to be wise about uh, uh, how we flow with what God is doing. And again, I want to I reiterate, this doesn't mean it's always going to happen. This is not meaning it's what we're prescribing to happen. I'm just trying to teach you why sometimes this does happen. But it's not about that, just like it's not about the tongues, it's about the power. Okay? So now, getting back to Daniel, let's go to another passage in Daniel. Daniel 10, 7 through 9. I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who there were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them, so they fled to hide themselves. I wouldn't be surprised when the presence of the Lord comes and people aren't right with God. They'll either run to the altar or they'll run away from the altar. Right? Wouldn't be surprised to see that because God is an awe-inspiring God. TR says it this way. God is awesome. Right? Therefore, Daniel says, I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep. I put it this way, I was in a trance on my face with my face to the ground. Why? Couldn't stand in the presence of God. All right? How about in the New Testament? Do we have examples of people being overwhelmed by the power of the Lord? Now, remember, God is the same yesterday, today, 
and forever. So I'm not trying to tell you that God in the New Testament is different than God in the Old Testament. I'm just trying to tell you, same God, you would expect to have similar things happening even in today's uh, time, in New Testament times. In John 18, 3 through 6, the Bible says, Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, lanterns, torches, and weapons. And Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. And when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Why did they draw back and fall to the ground? Because the power of his word was so strong, they didn't and could not react to it uh, except but to fall down on the ground. Acts 26, 12 through 15. While thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me, and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, they experienced a vision, the presence of God. What was, wasn't just Paul. All of them saw this. They didn't all understand it, but when they experienced the power of God, what did they do? They fell to the ground. And Paul said, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And by the way, I will say this, that when people are down, you don't know what God is doing in them. They could be having a vision. Some people have come back, and uh, when, they, when I say come back, I mean they've woken up and come back to consciousness, and they said the Lord was speaking to me. Some people have actually gone and been taken to heaven during those times, right? And so my encouragement for you is don't try to rouse them. Let them stay there until the Lord is through with them. And my encouragement to you is don't try to get up too soon. When do I get up when it's easier to get up than it is to stay down? Right? But in Texas, we all want to get up. <laughs> because we don't want to be in a compromising position. But I want to tell you something. In the house of the Lord, you're in a safe place. In the presence of God, you're in a safe place. And if you can see all around in the spiritual realm, there are angels all around you who are guarding and protecting and ministering. So, the best place to be is in the presence of God. Don't be in too much of a hurry to get up, okay? Again, it's not about the reaction. It's about what God is doing on the inside, okay? So, uh, um, in Acts 26, we saw that Saul, uh, uh, Saul who later be, we now know as Paul, was impacted by the presence of the Lord when it revealed himself to him. Revelations 1, 17 through 19, when I saw him, he's talking about John, when I saw him, the presence of the Lord, he had a vision of Jesus. I fell at his face as dead. Overwhelmed him. Couldn't stand in the presence. And this is one person that walked with Jesus. But when he saw the risen Lord, it just blew him away. It took all his strength away. And he fell on his face as dead. Right? He wasn't dead. He just fell on his face. As if he was it. That means he just went, whoop, he went out. Right? But Jesus laid his right hand on me. He says, saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. 
I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. So, by the way, I think we could take the words of the Lord as well and say to you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid at how God moves in our midst. Some things may be different. How do we know it's God? Sometimes you just have to wait. You have to wait until you experience the fruit of what's happening. Well, what if it's not God? Well, what if it is God? Sometimes you can move too quickly and stop something that you thought that wasn't God because you've never seen it before, and it ends up that you're stopping what God is wanting to do in somebody's life. Right? But... But you say, well, what if it's, if it, it will, the Lord is good, he's generous, he's merciful, uh, um, and, and what we'll find is that God looks for fruit. And so if it, it, when people get up and they begin to experience uh, 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 more of the Lord, more of his presence, more of his virtue, they get closer to God, then we know it's God. Right? We know the Lord's in it. But in order for that to happen, you have to give time for these things to play out. It's not like your kid first starts walking and he falls down and you say, send him back. This kid's defective. Do you, did anybody here ever do that? We want to pray for you right now. No. What do we do? We give it time. Some kids learn how to walk pretty quick. Some kids, it takes a little bit longer for them to walk. We give it time. But eventually, the fruits will come out. But you can't be too quick. You can't be too quick to judge. You can't be too quick to get your hand in there. You've got to keep letting them try. You've got to keep letting them do things. And sometimes we're so quick that we end up saying, that's not God when it's God along. And I've told you before about the, 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 uh, the disciples on the water, and they're in the middle of a storm. And in the middle of a storm, here comes somebody walking on the water, and they were too quick to judge. And they said, it's a ghost. Es una fantasma. It's an evil spirit. And come to find out when it got a little bit closer and they heard the voice of the Lord in it and they heard the fruits, they said, that ain't an evil spirit, that's Jesus. Because sometimes Jesus comes in ways we don't expect. Sometimes he comes in ways that are outside of our box. And if you, allow, if you don't allow your box or your wineskin to be stretched a little bit, you might just stop what he wants to do in your life. Because the Bible says he was going to go away from them. But when they recognized him, they called him to him. When they recognized who? That thing that they thought was an evil spirit walking on the rod. When they recognized it was the Lord, they said, come on back. Get in the boat. I didn't know that was God. Come on back, Lord. I want it. I want it. I want everything you have for me. So in conclusion, we as a church have been praying for a move of God among us as his people. As a result of our prayers, we're seeing the Lord moving in our midst. Because of that, we're seeing more and more the visible manifestation of his power become evident as he touches his people. God is power, and that power is difficult for a mortal, unredeemed man to handle. When we're drawn closer to that power, when we are touched with and by that power, even though we become redeemed in the, in the blood of Jesus, we're still mortal. It does strange things to us. 
Biblically, what we saw today is that when God's presence manifested, the saints of God we looked at reacted physically to his presence. We looked at one way specifically and how it caused them to fall and go into a deep sleep or a trance. But in other uh, places throughout the Bible, you'll see that they reacted in different ways as well. What I hope that we can learn is that as God's presence becomes more tangible in our gatherings, we too will experience the reality of his presence and the awesomeness of his power. Consequently, we will also find and find that many of us will react differently in different ways ways in our physical bodies. For many, that may mean that we react by falling down, or we appear to be sleeping, or finding themselves in a trance-like state for a time. We've already seen someone, when the presence of God come on their life, if you go back and watch the YouTube videos, they couldn't stop laughing, and they were in a drunken state for about, uh, uh, for the rest of the night, actually. And that's not uncommon either, because in the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, they were saying, these uh, 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 these people are drunk. How do we know that? Because people says these aren't drunk like you think, but he didn't say they weren't drunk. They just weren't drunk on wine. They were drunk on new wine. They were drunk on the Spirit of God. When the Spirit of God fills you to the full, you will find another reaction that people often have is that it's hard for them to remain, uh, what's the right word? Um, they become almost like they're drunk. But they're not drunk. You, you could blow, take a blow, uh, what do you call one of those breathalyzer tests? Never had one? Never plan on having one? But I've seen people do it on YouTube and stuff. You can take one of those breathalyzer tests and you will not come up uh, uh, that you are full of wine or liquor or beer because your number will be 0.0 if you, like Christians should be doing, aren't drinking. But you will be drunk you just won't be drunk as other people suppose. You're going to be imbibed. You're going to be inebriated by the princes of God. The Bible says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit and keep on being filled with the Spirit. Biblically, what we saw is that when God's presence manifested, the saints of God we looked at reacted physically to his presence. What I hope that we can learn is that as God's power, God's presence becomes more tangible, we too will experience the reality of his presence and his power. Consequently, we will find that we will react in different ways in our physical bodies. My hope today is that we understand that this is a common response that many saints experience in the Bible, and I don't have a lot of time on Sunday mornings. Y'all might say to yourself, well, wait a minute, you take 45 minutes every Sunday morning. Well, that's not a lot of time compared to what I could do. I didn't even touch on church history. All throughout church history, these kind of phenomenons took place. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, that kind of phenomenon took place. Uh, Charles Fox, uh, the founder of the, uh, the, the Shakers and the Quakers, right? Wasn't Elvis a part of that group? No, just kidding. They experienced that phenomenon. Uh, who was the other guy? Um, Presbyterian Church guy. Uh, Charles Finney. He's not Presbyterian. They experienced that. Yes, he is Presbyterian. They experienced that as well. And there was Jonathan Edwards. And uh, there was one other guy. I can't remember his name. But uh, they all talk about these things happening. They never got sidetracked by the phenomenon. You hear what I'm saying? 
And I don't want us to get sidetracked by the phenomena. It's not about the phenomena. It's not about the reactions. It's about the presence of God. In the end, what should be the result and what we're looking for is people to be saved, healed, delivered, and set free. It's the fruit that we're looking for. But if you throw out the reactions and the phenomena, you just might not get the fruit because you're throwing out the power, and the power is what brings these things in your life. Am I making sense to you? My hope today is that we understand that this is a common response that many saints experience in the Bible, and while not touched on today, if we did a study of church history, we, we also, uh, what we will find is that they also experienced those things throughout the many seasons of revival that have been cataloged and written about throughout the pages of, of, um, of, of time. All right? So, to end it today, it's not about fallen out. It's not about tongues. It's not about the, the, the dancing. It's not about all that. We want those things to happen. People might do that. Jerry, when he gets prayed for, he does some kind of Cherokee people dance. <laughs> Listen, I, that's just the way he reacts, right? That's just the way he reacts. Pray for other people, they go down. Play for some people, they start running. You know, it just, it's not about that. What it's about is God. His power and his presence is touching his people. Amen? So, what if I don't react that way? No problem. It's not about that. We're not looking for you to react that way. What we don't want you to do is to react based on how other people react. Let God do what he's going to do. I've often said, uh, uh, Lyndall Cooley, and I know that the, I'm not going to talk about this because if I talk about it, I'm going to experience something opposite. I don't want to do that. Um, the Lord has given me a grace to be able to stand when other people aren't. And the reason for that is so that I can minister to you. It's not for my benefit. It's for your benefit. Right? So I can continue to pray. I can continue to lead. I can continue to do what God's called me to do. Y'all don't have that responsibility, and because you don't have that responsibility, you can experience freely without uh, um, any kind of uh, concern for anything else that's going around you. Okay? That's a good thing. And we thank the Lord for that. All right.